time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to be good deep deep into the jobs of Korean literature. On check it out. With uh, Paul. Put me off my rhythm. Oh, I'm sorry, Paul. I do apologise. Ever so rude of me. It was. How are you doing, good sir, on this fine Wednesday, the last day of January of 2024? Can you believe it? Well, I can't, I can't quite get my head around the fact that one twelfth of the year has gone by. A twelfth of 2024? Yeah. And a twelfth, twelve divides into 24 two times. That's mind-blowing as well, isn't it? No. So, yes, it's the end of January, everyone. And um, I'm also quite shocked because I'm, I'm not going to see you for a few weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're lucky and you, like, ask me, I'll send you a photo if you like. You never update your, your social media. Peter. No, I don't. I'm pretty you're very bad, bad at that. You're always, always putting up pictures of, I don't know, esports characters. Esports characters? Is it esports? Did I do? Oh, yes, that was my son. He was... Uh, I don't think I talked about this too much on the show. Brawl Stars, do you yes. play that? No. Have you heard of it? Terrible game. Brilliant. Best game ever for anyone who's like under the age of about 12 or 13, and I include myself in that. Okay. Um, and the creator, or one of the guys who created it, came over to Korea, did a fan meet, and I don't know if you saw, there's this new Field of Stars shopping centre in Suwon. Brand new, it was packed at the weekend. Because of him, a lot of it, and no one could get anywhere near him, my son went the day before, and he was just there to suss out the place yeah. and just happened to bump into it. Oh, wonderful. He was beardy like you. All the best people are. They are indeed, people. Uh, today's hashtag is... Is I don't know what it is. I wasn't listening. No, I wasn't listening. I was busy well. talking to Lena. Um, and Lena, I was. We Why were describing were you, talking you. To Le- Lena? after her show because you were on your show, and yeah. uh, we've agreed you, you. You're basically a little boy. I am. She said, "Say it on air." That I'm a little, little boy. boy. Yeah. She's still out there working hard. That's not something I'd do. Having a meeting for like an hour. Pyeongsangshi uh, or ordinary days, normal time. So it's you, like today, we we did the sentence Pyeongsangshi랑 똑같아요. So you know, nothing special. It's just same as normal. Do you feel today is like that? Every, every time I spend time with you, it's not special. Well, okay, I'm going to make it special. I'm going to make it special. Look. Yeah, what is this? It's got your name on it. It does. Paul it's Matthews. got little berries. It's got berries. So I think it's for Christmas. So okay. do you want to open this up? All I right. think it's a late Christmas card. Okay, let's see. This is from the one and only Iris. Yes, she used to be on the chat a lot years ago, but now she interacts on Facebook the most. So what has she sent us? And what year is it from, I wonder? So let's have a look. Hold on. Hold on. Don't rip the card. Not Paul. ripping. Ca- oh, it's got a little letter Is in there. Is that in there? No, that's mine. It says, it says, peace and love. It's got a beautiful picture of a Christmas house. Oh, nice. that is lovely. Thank you, Iris. Oh, I don't know if I can read this out. Oh, it's beautiful, like cursive, isn't it? I can, yes. It says, from <laughs> our house to yours, wishes of good health, delightful surprise and many smiles. Aww. P.S. Thanks for being special to us. Thank you so much. What a beautiful card. Oh, how nice to have to... Uh, uh, because we're coming up to Lunar New Year, yeah. it feels like a Lunar New Year card. It does. And I love late birthday and Christmas cards. Late anything. 
Right, it's an extra little surprise you weren't you weren't expecting to have it, and yet there it is. Yeah, so don't get annoyed when people don't give you something on your birthday. Yeah, April twelfth. Wait, wait for the late ones. April twelfth, August tenth. So where's my late one? I gave it to you last year. No, you didn't. Yes, no, I did. No, no way. Oh, no hang way. on, I gave it to Ivan instead because oh, he's much nicer. Thank you. Ivan will be hosting. Check it out <gasps> with really? Paul. Oh my goodness. Daniels. I love Paul, Paul, Ivan. Paul Daniels. I love that. He's no, like the best ever. Not you. Paul, Paul Daniels oh, is coming he's in dead. next week. <laughs> well, he's going to make make every effort to be here. Uh, today's book, what are we looking at? Now we're looking at a short story today. I thought we'd celebrate the end of January with some superb short science fiction. It's available for free online. Oh, a free sci-fi one. Yes, it's by an author we featured quite a few times before, Kimbo Young. Yep. It's called How Alike Are We? And it's translated by Gord Seller and Jihan Park. Uh, and and it is all about an AI, which I think is fairly relevant, still oh. in 2024, that suddenly finds itself in a human-like body on board a spaceship and has to figure out why and what it's doing there <gasps> and at the same time deal with some quite hostile human astronauts. What an intriguing story. Is this from fairly recently, I assume, right? This is, uh, the, yeah, the, the original, I think it was maybe published in 2018, I okay. want to say, and wow. then translated a couple of years ago, um, and it's really good. I found a news article that tickled my fancy that Elon Musk has successfully implanted oh, a no, chip no. into someone's uh, brain, no. right? Elon Musk has said that on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. He's not provided any proof. I thought that's like gospel if he says something. No, no, no. Never, never (laughs) believe Elon Musk until he actually shows you evidence. Uh, Sarah asked for the name of the book and the author one more time, please. How Alike Are We by Kim Bo Young, translated by Gord Seller and Jihyun Park. You can find it online for free if you search for How Alike We Are. uh, Sorry, How Alike Are We by Kim Young. Okie dokie, yeah. AI is really at the forefront of so much at the moment. It's a weird coincidence that you should talk about it. AI in a human body. I was doing some research about Frankenstein this week. Yes. And you know, that's kind of the original, maybe, like animating a human body with God knows what, maybe artificial intelligence. Well, certainly Mary Shelley was was way ahead of everybody else around her. It's crazy, right? Basically one of the first real horror novels in the world. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Look into her life. It's such a tragedy, but... You know, she got through that hardship to become such a popular author and whatnot, right? Yeah, and influential. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's anyone who hasn't heard of Frankenstein and his monster. That is true. I haven't read it. I've got to hold my hands what? up to that. I will try and read it on the plane when I go to the UK. Have you at least seen a movie? About it. I've seen clips, yeah. Oh, my Stills. Goodness. Stills of movies. Um, <sighs> tell us about Kim Bo Young. Kim Bo Young is brilliant. We featured her on the show several times before. Born in 1975, she made her debut in 2004 and has gone on to be sort of one of the best names in Korean science fiction. Uh, we featured I'm Waiting for You, that anthology. Fantastic three stories altogether. Did we do that one where... Sophie Bowman and Sung Ryu about uh, the, the, the woman waiting for the man to come back. And then t- Time like being different in different yeah, parts. Yeah, they're, they're both and waiting for each other. Oh, that was good. Yeah, and we've done a couple of her short stories as well. Um, I've loved everything I've read of her so far, and I'm so glad that we have more and more science fiction uh, from Korea available in English. Fabulous, and we got a duo translator. Uh, we do, Jian Park and Gord Seller. We, again, we started last year. I think last spring mm-hmm. we started featuring them on the show, and we featured. Um, 
I think about four. This is going to be our fourth nice. uh, translation of theirs so far, maybe. Um, and they translate science fiction. Uh, Gord Seller writes science fiction himself. Jian Park uh, is a filmmaker. She's won awards for her horror short film. Um, and uh, I find them to be brilliant at introducing new science fiction to the world. And the great thing is, because they write for these online magazines, Ooh. we can read them for free. Fabulous stuff. Okay, so where are we picking up this story? Any scene setting needed? Well, we're, we're, we're having this story from the perspective of this AI who sort of found themselves in this body and is not quite sure what's going on. My visual sensors were already operational, but the clarity of my visual perception increased after I internalized the information. At first, it simply seemed as if something was before me. After a while, it became apparent that it was something round and metallic, after which I perceived the object's model name, manufacturer and unit price. Later, I understood that it was the basic external housing that contained the AI called HUN1029, which has been mainly provided to deep space supply ships. Just as with my visual, my auditory perception increased slowly, the sound of a ventilation fan sucking up the air and exhaling it out, the creak of the running ship, the irritating clank of the opening and shutting of the external hatch to the altitude chamber. How irritating! All of it was familiar, yet also strange to me. Into my visual senses, came an image of bread and water bottles filling a space right to the ceiling. They bore the logo of an inter-satellite food distribution corporation. By the looks of all the fat sausages stuffed between the bread and the bottles, this must be a Heta ship. Heta, ancient slang for some sort of tasty lunchbox, of medium size, suitable for a crew of 10 to 20 people. The ceiling was covered in filth and from it hung clusters of handicraft objects things constructed from toothpicks, specimens of origami, and a number of cloth dolls. Attempting to think about what I was doing on this so-called spacecraft, I found myself confused, unable to know who I was. Then came a harsh noise, and it was only by the time that the waves carrying it through the air had almost completely dissipated that I realized the sound had meaning, and that it was someone's voice. Quit dawdling and get up! Dawdling slang term, a complaint about moving slowly, possible implications, negative feelings toward me, a task that needed to be performed, something that needed to be done. But I couldn't recall what it was. Arirang. Arirang. Arirang Radio. Message from Hartley Saunders to Paul Rock's The Robotic Voice. Who knew? Yeah, it's very inaccurate because AI doesn't sound this robotic anymore, to be honest. you know. Does it not? No. I listen to the Seoul subway announcements. Some are by real people. Others are put together using AI. The notice is distinct. Tigger says, so the AI is just now becoming self-aware. That's what it felt like. Right? Yeah, yeah. We, we we sort of get dropped into the situation. We we know as much as the AI at this point, oh. but it's clear the AI is not where it expected itself to be. 
Yeah, it feels like it has that kind of expectation as well. It's not just a machine flat out. And Leon says, well, what a nice story from the AI's point of view. Yeah, it's a, it's a really original sort of fresh little short story um, going in a, a different direction. Yeah, first being maybe powered up or maybe it does have a past and it's just forgotten. But I don't know, I got the vibe like it, it seems like it's almost malfunctioning. This is surely not what an AI robot should do when it wakes up or is powered on. Really? No. What should it do? Well, this is what we're finding out. These days. Or in this story. In or this both. story. Yeah. So, for one thing, an AI, as far as it's concerned, should be in the computer, not in this human form, mm. which is very bizarre. Okay. And also, the human crew is shouting at it, saying, where's the code? What's the code? And it doesn't know what it's talking about. Uh -oh. It doesn't know what this code is. The humans are going to get annoyed with this machine. Yes. Uh, is it a machine? I don't know. And so, this AI scans the surroundings, works out, well, we're on a spaceship. And this is a spaceship that's orbiting Titan, mm -hmm. one of Saturn's moons. And it's also trying to process what's going on with its artificial human body. And this is a body that's been cultured and grown from cells. Oh, wow. So, so it's like realistic. a human body, yeah. Okay. But as it's trying to process that, it, it keeps on getting interrupted by the crew, who are becoming more verbally aggressive. <sighs> Um, and eventually one of them becomes physically violent. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of people on the AI side, though. There's one crew member who's a programmer mm -hmm. who doesn't speak, who only types in projected holographic words. Oh. Um, and seems to be sympathising with the AI. And the captain of the ship is sort of confused about it all, but is a little more rational. Okay. The other crew members, not so much. Yeah, because what's getting violent with an AI going to do, right? Especially an AI that you need information from. Mm -hmm. So we witness sort of this, this blooming of the AI's consciousness as it starts to gradually understand the situation. Mm -hmm. Starts to process not just the internal information, but also the ex external information. Yeah. And it also finds out that this ship that it's on with this crew uh, is answering an emergency call from a group of miners stranded on Titan's surface, oh, on the wow. moon's surface. Okay. And they've traveled 92 days. They were the closest ship to, uh, to the distress call. <sighs> so they dropped everything and they've traveled here for three months to help. Okay. And they've got to do a supply drop, but they need the AI to help them do the supply drop. And oh. at the moment, the AI, well, finds itself in this rather bizarre position. Okay. To... to do the technicalities of that drop. They need the AI, but the AI is not doing its job. I'd get well, frustrated, to be honest. Yeah, and, and there is one person in particular, the first mate, Kamu yeah. Min, um, who, for one, thinks there's going to be no survivors after three months. Well, yeah, he, 92 days. Yeah, he just wants to go home. Okay. And he's also the first one to initiate any violence against the AI. Okay. And so what we get is, I'm, I'm not going to give you all the detail because I want you to read this. Mm -hmm. We get into this tense race of time, yep. against time rather. So the AI, the captain and the programmer want to get things done. Meanwhile, Kang Min is thinking about mutiny. Oh, He's thinking dear. about taking over the ship and going home. And the other thing that's happening is the AI is becoming more and more aware of itself. In fact, it's becoming self-aware oh and there's the question of how do the human crew view that and so our second excerpt is uh, midway through the story when the ai and the captain are talking and the captains notice something about the ai oh so intriguing is our second excerpt When did it start? 
I paused after the captain's question. Words spoken without context. I remembered that when human beings spoke without context like this, there was an increased chance of error. So I said, I don't understand your question. I mean, when did you start having self-awareness? Even with context, the question remained puzzling. Was it between network? Or after communications got cut off and you found yourself isolated? Or maybe it was after you got put into that body? Your mind combining with a biological brain? What makes you think I have any such thing? Your facial expressions. The captain replied. I looked over at the window as if looking into a mirror, but did not find any relevant information in what I saw there. You look pretty calm right now, but there are times when it's like a light turns on or off in your eyes. These words were difficult to pass. The information didn't seem like anything I would recognize. Humans are unique creatures, so highly sensitive to facial expressions that even when they look at simple emoticons like smiley face or winky face, they perceive faces. To the question of whether I am self-aware, I have no answer. Well, that's a funny kind of response. Even humans still don't know exactly what self-consciousness is, and I certainly don't have any knowledge about it that humanity hasn't figured out. Ijin So looked over at me with a tilt of the head. The only consciousness that humans can observe is their own individual self-consciousness. The consciousness residing in other individuals is something that can only be guessed about. In fact, there's only one way to guess whether another person has self-consciousness or not. To ask yourself, how alike are we about the other person? Mouth closed, Ijin So blinked as I said this. Humans share about 99% of their DNA with insects, and yet humans don't believe that bugs possess self-consciousness. The crew members on this ship all look different from one another, but you never wonder whether your crewmates possess self-consciousness or not. Still, in the end, it's just a simple habit for humans to assume everyone around them has self-consciousness, and even so, there were lots of humans that were deemed less than human in your history. Slaves, colonial subjects, people from other races. The thing is, if self-consciousness is a thing that you can observe, there is still no way to prove whether that it's real. Noticing Lee's renewed silence, I added, These aren't my ideas. They're just the ideas that my human makers programmed into me. It doesn't mean that everything I said is completely true. This is getting very deep during this mission, you know, when they're in a rush. Have they got time for this? What's the AI contemplating here that maybe humans don't have self-consciousness? Well, it's saying we make this assumption that I look at you and because you're human, even though you look different to me, I think oh, he's got a brain. Yeah. I might not. Yeah, well, exactly. I don't know what's in here. <laughs> but that's the thing. We are so, so genetically related to everything around us, and yet we assume that a cat, a dog, mm. an insect is not as self-aware or as intelligent as us. Yes. So we get this, this mix of this tense race against time, 
the possibility of danger and mutiny, and then also this philosophical exploration. Mm. Um, and the captain is fascinated by it, okay. less than being scared. I think yeah. the crew, the rest of the crew is really wary, but the programmer oh. and the captain are just going... This is something new. Yeah. This is something different. Ooh. But the crew, there's a moment at one point where they tie the AI up. Yeah. Another point when they imprison it, they beat it. There's one point where they even try to sexually assault it. Does it have a gender, this like, human body? We're not like, told about that. There are times, dear listeners, <laughs> when I really wish that Peter had read on... Through to the end of the script before he asked a question at a very inappropriate point. I want to be surprised, which is why I do not. So, okay, that's coming up. Yeah. So when they attack yeah. the AI, they're stopped by the captain and the programmer. Okay. They're trying to get the supply parcel down to the first surface. The first attempt fails. The AI gets blamed by some crew members. Mm. Things come to a head. There's a standoff between Kang, the first mate, and his supporters, and the captain. Kang gets sent to the brig at gunpoint for his disobedience. Uh-oh. And then the AI has to come with something that Peter just asked. And Ugh. if he'd waited another minute, <gasps> it would have been more of a surprise. What a question, though. That's yeah. perfect, this, Peter. If only it was a minute later. <laughs> What's been missing? There's something been missing in its programming. Something's been taken out. Oh. And it realises it's the concept of gender. <gasps> and it happens when the captain says a throwaway remark and talks about how men, there are men who t hate taking orders from women. Oh. And then everything clicks into place. And the AI has this incredible big realization. I'm really looking forward to hearing about it because it seems incredibly intelligent making these philosophic, uh, philosophical discoveries. Unbelievable. Yeah, Denny, I'd just like to say that Denny's in the other studio and he is shocked that Peter is so unprofessional that he would he would splurt out something at the wrong time. Oh, perfect, perfect timing with that question. One minute later. God, you should just adapt a little bit. You can change the order of these bullet points. No, uh, this is the order of the story. <laughs> You're a woman. Ijin So blinked long-lashed eyes at me and grasped a hank of long hair with one hand, staring at me vacantly. Then, with a hollow laugh, Lee said, What? You thought I was a man? But why? No, I didn't think about it either way. I just never considered the issue. Thinking of people in terms of a rough shorthand related to their sex is a typical human tendency, but among humans, gender is more complicated, so it's not always so simple. Besides, there were plenty of things that I hadn't been able to discern. It was like how I'd just noticed a green thread embroidered into Ijinso's front pocket, or the presence of white hairs among Yi's bangs. Apart from everything else, these disparate pieces of information are simply unrelated to the supply dump mission. It's funny that it's possible to just not ever think about that. Why would I need to think about that? My voice got higher because all the questions pouring in. Ijinso sought me a puzzled look, as if to say, I've never thought about not thinking about it. Oh, wait, whoa, wait a second, Ijinso said, in surprise. You don't know the sex of the body you're in, either, do you? This again? 
which is to say that Ijin So never realized that the gender of the body I was in was irrelevant to me. Well, why would it be important? To begin with, why had I even been attributed a gender? This body was not me. I was a machine, and machines don't have genders. If they knew that, then why had anyone bothered to attribute an imaginary gender to me? And what kind of gender had they assigned to me all this time? Suddenly, all the knots of confusion loosened, and everything that had been all tangled together became clear. All those memories that had been deleted returned, just like a light bulb being switched off and on again. Suddenly, the thing I had been unable to see came into view, and at that precise instant the whole ship convulsed. Mutiny! This word, Tad by Nam, from somewhere else on board, appeared as flickering red holographic text like an electronic display between Ijinso and me. Suddenly, all the red emergency lights flickered to life, and there was roaring and thump of footfalls all around us. Beneath that word, mutiny, Nam Chanyang added another line of text. Those who've sided with Kang Wu Min have locked up the rest of the crew. What an interesting combination of this space traveling story and yeah. this deep dive into philosophy and gender and self-consciousness in the, in the little book. That didn't take long to read. No, no, it's. I mean, it's 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 probably a half hour, forty five <sighs> minute read. That's amazing. It's oh, I've great. got my mind blown. So, is that where it ends? No, of course not. Oh, really? There's more. No, I wanted to keep you in suspense. <gasps> there is an attempt of mutiny. Okay. There's also the final part of the story. I'm not going to yep. spoil it. It's oh. nail biting, but it's also emotional. It's really well worth reading for yourself. And I've I've skipped over a lot of this detail and the the sort of the the feelings of the AI as it gets to know itself in the situation. Oh. Um, so I highly recommend it. It looks like if you're just listening, you wouldn't have seen the front cover of the story. That there's maybe a love story entwined in there because there's two characters about to kiss. Well, that's from the collection. That's not ah. from the, the short story itself. That's from okay. the collection from which it comes from. Um, I see. And there's three things I want to talk about. This there's three big, three big reasons why I love this short story. Yes. So one, it's a great idea. The idea of an AI waking up in a human body. It's been transferred, but it doesn't know why, and it's having to deal with the situation. Yes. Two, the second reason, it's that difficult question of what it means to be human, and whether you can be human if you are artificial. Yeah, that's a really interesting question, isn't it? You know, that reminds me of like, can you be K-pop? If you're not Korean mm. as well, you know we've had some completely foreign K-pop groups try. But their what luck. is the question? Is what is K-pop? Is yeah. K-pop the style of music? Is the fact that it's done by Koreans or by the fact that it's sung in Korean, even though some of it's in English? Exactly. There's, yeah, there, there are some really interesting questions about identity, and that brings me to my third big reason why I love this. Oh. The concept of gender and gender blindness in the AI. Oh yeah, that was like mind blown for the human character as well. How can yeah. you not think about that? Exactly. And what's really interesting about Korean for those who don't speak Korean, you may not realize, but Korean has this big advantage in written and spoken Korean, where you can hide the gender of someone. Yeah, you, you can talk about. I could talk about Peter mm. and not mention he or him yes. in any reference to his gender. It's actually possible to do that through the way that we talk in Korean. It's very natural to do that, in fact. You know, yeah. when I have to translate the script for this, it's so common that there will be no reference to gender, he or she or yeah. him or her, 
that I'll have to look it up because to translate it like that into English, you are jumping through hoops and it sounds so awkward. I've had moments, not on this radio show, but on other radio shows dealing with Korean news. Mm. And that same thing when you're talking about a political figure yeah. or a celebrity or a sports star, if I have not seen a photo of them, if I don't know them, yeah. I have to check because, because their gender may not be referred to. That's interesting. Maybe Korean in the language itself is, is easy to be more neutral in then. Oh, neutral in terms of gender, but not in terms of status, mm. which is the interesting yes. thing. There's oh, a whole other, other thing to talk about there. But what I love about this translation, and hats off to Jihan Park and Gord Seller, is that they manage to do this without giving the game away until this moment. Nice. Yeah. They're not like Peter who blows it by asking the question two minutes too early. I was so intrigued. Uh, yeah. I don't believe it has actually, that was one of the focal points in the story. Yes. But it is. And uh, I think apologies. it's great because like a lot of the best sci-fi, it's dealing with social issues that are relative to our time. Yeah. Um, and like it or not, there is inequality in Korea. Mm -hmm. And like it or not, I'm not saying all men have sexist or misogynist attitudes, but there are a lot of men here in Korea mm -hmm. and quite frankly around the world who have a long way to go when it comes to accepting women as their equals or as their bosses or even just as a friend. Yeah. Um, and I think this, is, this story is really good because if this story was set now and set in an environment where perhaps we could see ourselves, yeah. it might be difficult to step out of it and to look at it objectively. Mm. But because it's science fiction... We don't feel that same personal attachment at the start. Yeah. And so what it means is we can get a look at our own unconscious biases. Yeah. And I will say, when I read this story, and this says a lot about me, but it also says a lot about the way I was brought up mm -hmm. in the society I'm in. I didn't think about gender when I started this story because I assumed the crew were all men. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about it. Just in my head, it was going, it's astronauts. Yeah. Because that's the image that's given in, when I think of the NASA and the, yeah. the, the very few female astronauts. But then when I think of science fiction, there's been lots of female crew members or whatever yeah. TV show. So it, it, it struck me as powerful is that in my unconscious as well, it addressed an imbalance, a, a bias that I perhaps wasn't aware was there at the time. There's so many layers to this, isn't there? And what I kind of realised through this, yeah, if we have AI and machines and stuff and they take over the world, that's going to be the big difference between a lot in nature, right? The lack of gender with robots and AI and their perception of it and whatnot. But there is a problem because the AI we have at the moment are being fed by people. Yeah. And therefore, they're not just being fed information. They're being fed the same unconscious biases. They're being That's fed true. the same prejudices, the same isms. Mm. Um, and AI can never be completely neutral because it's a reflection of the people who made it. Yeah, that's really true as well. But maybe that would distinguish us in the future. Like if we just made, you know, robots, not to look like humans, but just robots, you know, like a, a metallic machine, right? Is that just going to be A and there's no, there's no B, there's no like you have to like get together with an opposite to kind of reproduce and stuff like that. Would but, that be a separating factor? But the thing is, Peter, it's never been A and B in humankind. Yeah. In all species, there are, it's, you know, gender and love is a spectrum. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, would that like maybe be a test of like whether you're organic and I don't know, like coming from animals and then robots like who just don't perceive that who see everyone as one like humans are just humans so you're saying that someone who's colorblind isn't as human as you <laughs> no because but they don't perceive the world in the same way you do that that's true they're different but, but I, does that make them less human no but i think with like perceiving people and like you said you do it we do it everyone does it like as female or male 
I think that's part of the human experience. That's like a real big part that grounds me. And maybe that can make but me no, feel no, no. I'm not artificial No, Peter, I'm going to take you up on this. This is a big part of your human experience. Uh-huh. And that's the point, is that our experience is subjective. You don't know my experience, I don't know yours. We can't know someone else's. Oh, that's interesting. I, I mean, coming from it from a biological background, I don't know. I think that makes you your species. Like, everyone's different, you're right. But generally speaking, I don't know. I'd love to go down that world. Look, Peter, I'm sorry, we're running out of time. <laughs> We've got to move on. Uh, thank you so much for reading that. That was brilliant. One-line review. A powerful piece of short science fiction that impresses with both concept and social commentary and makes Paul and Peter argue. <laughs> yes, indeed. And that's what good literature should do, I exactly. feel. Exactly. Next week's book with Ivan, not me. Yes. <laughs> so looking forward to it. It's going to be Tongue by Jo Kyung Nan, translated by Chi Young Kim. Ooh. Let us know if you read it beforehand. Let us know what you think. I'm so looking forward to meeting Ivan again. Me too. For you to meet Ivan, of course. I want you to have a lovely experience. Oh, we will, don't worry. Uh, brilliant reading as ever, Paul. Uh, yes, thanks to everyone. Thanks to the Literature Translation Institute of Korea for help with copyright permissions for broadcast. Thanks to Kim Bo Young for an excellent story in Gord Seller and GM Park for their brilliant translation. I'll be back with the wonderful, very handsome Ivan next week with another book. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.